It's time to swarm the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled. Corn Huskers, more like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye Oasis located in a nasty little Nebraska desert. If things look a little different right now on the podcast, it's because it's our Christmas special, and it's also because former Iowa Hawkeyes quarterback Matt Rogers is classing up the place, stopping on in, catching us up on what he's got going on with his life. Matt, how you doing, man? It's awesome to see you. Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on, first of all. You know, second of all, go Hawks. Yeah. Go Hawks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm living in Naples, Florida. It's, you know, it was like 80 degrees out today. You know, it's just, it's just one of those regular old days here in paradise. But, uh, yeah, actually, I moved down here. I was living in the city, in New York City. And uh, after September 11th, just couldn't wait to get out of there. And, uh, yeah, a year later, we were down here. So my mom and dad had a place down here for years so we ended up uh coming south so i thought i'd get in before uh you know i'd get in early because i'd end up down here anyway all right nice very nice man it's very it's an honor to have you on here this is going to be a lot of fun because you've got between you and then with your dad you've got an incredible background and you know for those that don't know matt's father was uh jimmy or is jimmy rogers who uh, was a coach with the uh, celtics a long time and then eventually with the uh, timberwolves and the bulls so, I mean, starting out with growing up, Matt, what's, what was that like for you growing up around the what I would consider the, the Boston Celtics team? I mean, the Bird, the Parish, Ainge, and those guys. Yeah. I mean, do you, have any, do you have any cool stories? What was that like growing oh, up around yeah. that environment? Like, I, I mean, from probably sixth grade on, my brother and I, I have a brother that's a year and a half older than me, and we would go to – the practices on Sundays and, you know, I mean, just always around these guys. And um, it was funny when I was getting recruited pretty hard in high school, um, Danny Ainge wanted me to go to BYU. Uh, Bird wanted me to go to Indiana. You know, it was like, and like they would bring me in. I would go to the practice and after practice, I'm throwing like out routes to Danny Ainge with a basketball. Like, <laughs> You know, crazy yeah. stuff with that. Uh, you know, I lined up like a couple guys, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, you just you know, run around, you know, with uh, you know, in high school. And yeah, I mean, uh, like in sixth grade, Larry, uh, I'm sorry, Red Arback, um, he was around the practices all the time, and and my, um, I was having problem at problems at the time. I played three sports, and you know, basketball obviously was one of them, <clears throat> but. Uh, I couldn't get rotation on the basketball. You know, I couldn't get it to spin. And uh, my dad, I was like, dad, can you help me with my, uh, you know, my, my spin and my ball? And he's like, why don't you just go ask Red? And I'm like, whoa, no way. No, I'm not asking Red. He's like, come on, just, he's not, he's not doing anything. You know, you know he's not going to kill you. Just go over. And I was so intimidated. So I walked over and I was like, Mr. Albrecht, you know, I'm having problems trying to get rotation on the basketball. And he, he's like, come on over here. And takes his cigar. He was smoking a cigar uh, during practice. You know, I was gonna ask that exact yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, he puts it in this little like cup and then walks over and he takes me out of the foul line and he starts with like the evolution of basketball. You know, 
basketball was made used to actually have uh, like football, you know, like they had like little strings on there. And a lot of the guys would line up like that, you know. So anyway, by the end of it, I was, you know, I was rotating the basketball and and uh, ended up grabbing that cigar. And, and uh, my dad actually still has it. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> it keeps it a little glass case. Wow. No kidding. Yeah, that's that. that, Okay, so I got a million questions right now. Um, (laughs) Just just off the off the cuff here. I need to know um, just from your experiences, what type of guy was Larry Bird? Um, I grew up a huge Larry Bird fan. Like that was my first basketball jersey ever was a 33 Larry Bird jersey and it was white, had stains all over it. I totally ruined it. But (laughs) what kind of guy was Larry Legend? I even like, you know, when I was like in ninth grade, I loved him so much. I had a little crappy peach fuzz mustache (laughs) that I wanted to have because I thought he was so awesome. What what kind of guy was he? You know, to to people like in the family, in the Celtics family, he was incredible. He was like very personable, super nice. But, you know, I think you know, once he gets outside of that, he's just so used to getting just hammered, like all these guys do, and you yeah. know, every level. And uh, he was just a different person out, like outside of the locker room, or if you will. And uh, I could I could give you a list of guys like you know that or that way, but um, just super awesome. He was he was an incredible guy, and, and uh, he was actually down here in Naples living for a while. And um, my dad would hook up with him, and, and uh, but yeah, he was. I, like everyone, my idol. I mean, all, all I wanted to do is try and shoot like him. His elbow yeah. out like this, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. out of the way. And he, you know, it was just. Uh, he was, I could never do it. I could never shoot like that, but it was no, so smooth. Neither, when could he did. I, neither could I. And uh, Danny Ainge, by the way, I, I wore his shoes in high school. So my colors were Walpole Rebels in, in Massachusetts, and we were red, white, and blue. But I wore green sneakers, you know, like oh. that was the, with Ange on the back of them, green Nikes. That is so cool. He's just, uh, yeah, he, we became very close. Um, he's just a super, super cool guy. It was just basically from the football and all that stuff, you know, but uh, it was fun, fun growing up that way. That's in, that's incredible. And we could probably do an entire interview just on those <laughs> stories, but, uh, but uh, you know, <laughs> I know you're going to. <laughs> Keep me calm down, Jerry, because like I'm a diehard like like 80s, early 90s NBA fan. I'm not a big fan of it now, but back then, like that no, was not either. Yeah, like that was my jam. Like I watched all the VHS tapes. I had them all. Like I, I never missed oh, yeah. a game. So Bernard started, King. Oh Hitler, man. Six and and then oh. the, you know, the Boston Strangler with uh, oh. uh, Philadelphia. You know. And the, oh my god. Andrew Tony. Was, it was so much better back then. It was great basketball. Had characters like Daryl Dawkins. I mean, you know, oh, just the character yeah. was just outstanding. But I, I was a huge Dominique Wilkins guy back then. I I, mm. I, I love watching Neek play. But human highlight film. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. I didn't really learn a lot of defensive skills, but man, that guy could play <laughs> offense. So. <laughs> One of the best game dunkers there is. So let's go ahead and take this uh, further before we go down to this rabbit hole anymore. But um, so go ahead and take us into your high school recruitment, Matt. I mean, what was that like? You know, who uh, do you have any good behind the scenes stories? You know, who was in the who else was in the running? Um, you know, just basically take us behind the scenes on how you ended up at sure. Iowa. Yeah, I mean, I basically visited Iowa just to appease my dad. Okay, yeah, I'll take a trip out there, but there's no way I'm going. You know, and uh, Miami, I, I had a trip down to Miami, um, which was QBU back then, you know, with all, with Jim Kelly and Testaverde and, and all those guys, Kozar. Um, yeah, I just uh, – um, I got recruited by Michigan State, Pitt. Those, those were my visits, and Boston College. Um, went to Boston College on my recruiting visit, and um, the the two guys it was Darren Flutie, believe it or not, and Dar- Doug's brother, because he was in the same conference as uh, my high school team. So we, I played against Darren, and um, in basketball and everything. I mean, by the way, Doug Flutie is I mean, talk about human highlight film. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, any sport really, but. Yeah, back in high school when I was younger, I, I was, he was a lot older than me, but <clears throat> he was he could have played at any yeah. level. It, it, he never was given a chance. Like everywhere he would go, they draft a quarterback the next year. Well, he and went then, to Buffalo, and after I was there, yeah. and uh, 
and ended up uh, getting into the playoffs, and then they throw Rob Johnson, whoever the guy was, and, yeah. and, they, lost and they lose. But you know, Doug got him there. And, you know, yeah. But, yeah, right. uh, so I visited uh, – after when I went out to Iowa, I was just uh, – I was blown away by the people. That's what really got me with uh, with Iowa. You know, you're like walking down the street in Boston, two people all alone – um, you look the other way, but in, in Iowa, two people all alone. Hey, how are you? Nice to see you. You know, it was just, it's a different yeah. world. And, uh, the, the, just the nice, the niceness of everyone. But, um, and my, my dad, uh, so being a coach, all the, all the, um, all the recruiters came, the head coaches, you know, and they all came to our house and, um, everyone basically just talked to my dad, you know, yeah. Like they didn't even notice I was even there because all they were doing was trying to close my dad. And uh, my uh, the only coach that didn't do that was Hayden Fry. Hayden Fry talked to me the entire time when he was in my house. And then, um, you know, after I, I, like uh, Pitt told me that I was going to start right when I got in, you know, which I knew was probably not going to happen. And uh and uh, I was just, you know, I, I was really didn't have any idea where I wanted to go. And, and uh, I was all over the place. And, and my dad said, well, you know, what if something happened? You know, what if what if you get injured? Where would you want to go? I said, oh, Iowa, that's easy. You know, that's, that's where I want to spend four or five years, you know, without football. He's like, well, you, you might want to think about that. You know, so, yeah, Bernie Wyatt um, was the recruiting coordinator for me in the East Coast back then. And, and Peter Marciano, who was uh, uh, he was in Brock, he was Brockton. I played against him in baseball and and, uh, and football, and um, so we ended up being roommates. You know, so I, when I went to Iowa, I lived with a guy that was a junior. You know, so it was I immediately was uh, you know amongst all the older guys. You know, so uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an amazing process and a lot of fun and and uh, but yeah, Iowa. I mean. It's the best. So, so Matt, if I, Matt, if I could, sorry, Adam, but uh, no, Matt, right. if I could just kind of follow up with a uh, a uh, sub question on that. Your dad, for those in our audience who don't know, played for Iowa back in the day, and he uh, had you had in Massachusetts. Had you had much exposure to the Iowa campus before your recruitment, or not at all? Not at all. I mean, my dad would because he went from from Iowa to. Um, he went to North Dakota, um, where I was born. Went to Kentucky, boy, uh, sorry, Arkansas. Before that, and um, and then went right into pros. Um, so it was, you know, when you're coaching the pros, there's, there's other than recruiting, which they don't really do. They just draft. They, you, you know, there's no reason to go back to Iowa. You know, he was too busy. Yeah. Especially during football season, and, you know. I mean, my dad saw like two of my high school football games, uh-huh. like you know, just never there. But sure. um, the when I was at Iowa, he got fired by the Timberwolves, Timberwolves in 1989, and then the '90 season went to every game. So oh. and, we, and we went to the Rose Bowl that year. So it was it was yeah. really cool. He was he was a presence, which was awesome. Well, speaking of that Rose Bowl, Matt, you were a student at the University of Iowa during a really great time. We were having some a lot of success. Walk us through what it was like. You know, let's let's get in that time machine, pull us into Iowa City back in the late 80s, early 90s. What was it like to be a student at the University of Iowa? What was it like to be the starting quarterback on campus? What what was life like? It's it's really, really fun. Like like all my buddies. We'd go to bars and, you know, I mean, you're always out and everything, but um, some of the bars I'd have to go and the bartenders would let me sit behind the bar because there were so many people that wanted to talk to me. And, you know, it was fine. I always talked to everybody, but it was, you know, you can't even relax. I mean, you're just going out to have a beer. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's Iowa, the only show in town, right? I mean, there's no pro team. Uh, you know, so the quarterback of the Hawkeyes is like, you know, it's a pretty, pretty cool place to be. Um, but yeah, time machine, boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, we had, we had, I lived with Brett Bielema. Oh, yeah. Jim, Jim Hartlieb. 
Okay. The screen, Alan Cross, Doug Book, uh, Yava. Wow. And we, you know, we we'd have pull back the rug parties. Like, I mean, it was the the wrestlers at the time. Um, there was a couple guys that were on the team that were wrestling Olsendorf and Mike Froney. And uh, yeah, so it was just, uh, it was absolute blast. I mean, what's a better campus on, on the planet, really? I mean, yeah. There's nothing better. And then you know, sprinkle in, oh, by the way, you guys are, you know, top 10 team in, in the nation. And uh, and then all the Iowa people think of you like you're a pro. You know, it's like, it was a blast. Are you kidding me? Oh, just please, please, please have a Brett Bielema story for us, please. <laughs> Anything from when you guys lived together and grew up. We're Bielema fans. Like, we all like him. We think he's a great coach. Like, all the, all, a lot of most Iowa guys root for Bielema. Like, I want to see him Absolutely. succeed. Yeah, like, I want to see him win at Illinois, except when he play Iowa. Other than that, like, I'm rooting for Bielema wherever he is. Um, give, give us a little nugget, something. Yeah, Love a Bielema story. It's I I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything that's that's gonna get him in any trouble. No, we don't no, want that. Because no, Brett, he's he's incredible. He's he's really a great person, a great friend. I mean, we would go to his we would go home to his house, and uh, you know I mean, whole group of guys would go home, and and you know it's a farm. I mean, he lives in you know, Prophetstown, Illinois. It was it was incredible. Um, yeah, Brett, I. I could tell you a million stories about Brett, but it was the, probably the, the strangest experience I've ever had was looking at myself in the mirror with full Wisconsin gear on. Oh. Know, like getting oh. ready to go out on the field. Because the only, because, you know, so all those guys I just mentioned and a couple others, I mean, there's it's probably 10, 12, 15 of us that all get together every year. Yeah. Um, you know, just we go up to uh, a cabin up in, in northern Wisconsin and hang out. And uh, you know we all we all were at this game, and and you know we're on the sidelines. So if you're on the sidelines, you have to wear Wisconsin gear. And we're at the hotel, and we're looking at ourselves, and we're like, oh, <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> it's like sacrilege, you know. It was it was, but because I'm a Brett Bielema fan, you know, yeah. you do what you got to do, you know. That's a true fan friend. I'm going to root for Illinois for every one of their games except Iowa. And same yeah. when he was at Wisconsin, you know, uh, it's it's just it is what it is, and that and I'm used to that growing up with coaches, and you fall in and out of programs, you know. I mean, I, you know, I used to hate the Bulls, you know, when when my dad's with the Celtics, and uh, and then all of a sudden he's with the Bulls, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm like hating the Celtics, you know. It's just you kind of <laughs> go with your people, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's where you go. Yeah. So I got a. a uh, Question A and a question B then on the Brett Bielema note. Um, a, were you around him or rooming with him when he got the infamous Tiger Hawk tattoo on his ankle? And B, were you rooming with him when he got caught on recording telling Walden, Jim Walden after the Iowa State game he appreciated kicking his ass for four years? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was not like standing next to him when he said it because it was on the field after the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's when he did it. And, you know, hey, I've enjoyed kicking your ass a little. <laughs> That's awesome. That was a year after I was there. So uh, he's a year younger than me. Okay. And, and, the, and the tattoo, were you privy to any of that? or All guys got them. So it was it was out at the Rose Bowl, and they all went someplace, and I chickened out. I, I, you know, I didn't want to get one. So, yeah. But all the guys got them, like, the same same kind of style right on their, their calves there, and, you know. Did you All did right. you ever did you ever come around and get one or are you still tattooless? I'm tattooless. All I was right. thinking about getting a little rose, you know, like right here, just a little yeah. rose, something simple. But you know, the, the whole tiger hawk with the with the rose, like that's what they got, like the tiger hawk with holding a rose in its mouth, you know. Yeah, well, I have that. Ta I have that tattoo. It's, it's cool, but <laughs> yeah, it's not a. I'm not an ink guy. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> that's honestly love it. I mean, my kids, you know, my daughter has tattoos, and I have no problem with that. 
I got a I got a tiger hawk on the side of my leg for when we last time we went to the Rose Bowl and got the rose through the beat because I always thought that was so cool when we went to the Rose Bowl and Hayden would put the the rose through the beak of the hawk. I'm like, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh. Love it. Oh. So, go ahead. So, so you know, Matt, you know, starting off too, you know, like Adam was saying, you know, we'll get into '90 and '91 really really successful seasons and a lot of uh, successes there but when you started out though you know it was it was a little bit rough there your first year or two and I mean uh, you know when you look up on Wikipedia your only pass as a freshman got intercepted on a fake field goal and then that's you know incorrect. that's incorrect. is that incorrect that's incorrect really All right. yeah so let's let's correct Wikipedia then well it was the Indiana game and Chuck Hartley was thrown through for like 600 yards I mean it was like a record and uh I was holding for field goals. I fumbled the, the snap is what happened. Okay, and okay. then I rolled out, and Marv Cook was wide <laughs> open in the end zone, and I threw a perfect spiral. I mean, like, tight spin yeah. right over his head, like 10 feet over his head, you know. Oh. Wide open for a touchdown, and, and Chuck was bringing us back. And, yeah, so it was an incomplete pass. It wasn't picked off. Okay, well – we, uh, you know, everything you read on the internet's true, apparently, you know, but that you're apparently you're uh, putting a flaw in that one. So, yeah. And the other one, though, uh, you know, you missed a bowl game for the first time in nine years, then in 80, you know, in 89. Was tough. tough season. What was, what was the feeling like in Hayden? You know, what was, what was behind the scenes like with, you know, when you're, when you're kind of having those kinds of struggles those years? Tell you, I, you know, when you're going through that, I mean, we knew we were good enough, but, um, and it was, it, it's the building process of, getting to the Rose Bowl and getting to be 10 and one, you know, my senior year, like, but that foundation was, I mean, it was so hard, um, but really brought all the guys together. You know, that's what it really does more than anything. And um, at the time I was, you know, I called my dad and I said, dad, you know, coach, coach Fry, you know, he, sometimes he sends in a play that, you know, that uh, it's like, you know, dive right and it'll, and it'll come in, dive left the next play or, you know, the same play. And, and I know that there's stuff open and my dad's like, well, do you have the freedom to make the call? I'm like, yeah, I mean, everyone, you know, I just, I don't want to run off the field and get killed if, if he's got the right play and I change it. And my dad's like, well, why don't you just prepare for the game? Like you're calling every play. And I, that's what I started doing. And from that point on, I, that's, that's, you know, with Bill Snyder as offense coordinator, um, you know, and he was he was an X's and O's. I mean, he was breaking down. Um, you know, I mean, even before games, just the, the the questions before the games, you had to know what was going on out there. Um, you know, it was very very similar to the way it is now. I mean, with all the quarterbacks back then, you know, a lot of the guys they would just wing it. I mean, it was it was crazy. There was some guys who wouldn't watch film. You know, I mean, it, it was it was crazy. But um, but. That's, you know, that's when I really kind of put my head down, whoops, put my head down <laughs> and, and, uh, and figured it out. And, you know, I think my senior year, I, I, I called a lot of the plays. I mean, uh, it, was, it was just this, you know, coming in, check with me. That was yeah, the call. Okay. Um, Coach Fry just be like, get up the cool. line, know exactly what defense they're in. They've been watching it all for two weeks, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd get some film time in the week before if it was a big game and, you know, I knew exactly what they were doing. And, you know, just, I, I have to come back to this, uh, but Nebraska, by the way, so Bo Pelini is, uh, he's a very good friend of mine, very close friend. Uh, okay. And, um, because Mark Stoops and Bobby and Mike and those guys were all coaching. I mean, Bobby was a GA when I, when I first got there. Mike was a, uh, uh, sorry, Bobby was a defensive back. So Mike, Mike was a GA, and Mark was Peter Marciano's best friend, my roommate. So um, hung out with the Soups brothers. But every time we drive back from Peter Marciano, Marciano and I would drive back from Iowa to Boston, we, our midway point was Youngstown. We'd stop and we'd stay at the Stoops family house and, uh -huh. um, and ended up getting to know all the Pliny brothers. You know, and, and now Bo's, he's free safety coming out there against me. I mean, it was, and he's, you know, scholastic All-American and, you know, just smart guy. And uh, we hit it off great. But but um, the game against Ohio State, 
it's my sophomore year. Um, he, uh, Coach Fry pulled me out because there, I had a I had a middle route and a post, and I was just reading the free safety, and Bo was just baiting me to throw them. You know, he was he knew because he was watching film just like I was. He knew I wanted the in route, so he had to kind of play the the post, and um, and then as soon as I threw it, he broke on the ball and I completed the pass. It was a twenty yard pass, and he you know he almost broke it up. And, uh, and Coach Fry pulled me from the game because he thought the post was open, you know. So, like, it looked like the post was open because right when I threw it, he left and he tried to time and break it up. So the post looked wide open, and I'm like, Coach, I, you know. And I turned my head, and Coach Fry grabbed my face mask and said, you look at me when I'm talking to you. And this was, like, on ABC, national television, all my friends. Were awesome. like, oh my God. You know, like, they were giving me crap for weeks about it. But. But oh, and then so they so they took me out and put Tom Polsky in, who I had beat out the first game. Tom had a rough first half against Tulsa, and I came uh-huh. in and I stayed in, you know, from that point on. So I was like, oh no, you know, I mean now Tom's in. And Tom, by the way, um, God rest his soul, just passed away uh-huh. um, a month ago. So um, rest in peace, Tom. Tom Polsky, had, you know, to his whole yeah. me and everyone. I mean. Yeah, he was he was a wonderful person, great teammate. But uh, but anyway, that that story, uh, you know, Bo and I, you know, Bo and I are still. He still gives me you know the crap about that you know, going on, and and he got me yanked from the game basically. And then so he puts Polsky in. Polsky does the same exact thing. Throws it right, <laughs> he completes the pass. But it's funny, he puts yeah. me back in. So thank God. I got <laughs> We need so, to get um, we need to get Bo Pelini on the podcast. I would love that. <laughs> so, and I believe if I re- what's if I that? Correct- He's got a place on Naples and plays at the same club I play at. Like you know, yeah, we're we're very close. Really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I believe he was one of the safeties on the uh, Hartley to Marv Cook in uh, that final oh, game in oh. at Ohio State. I think he was one of the safeties that tried to take out Cook before he got to the end zone on that final play. If I remember right, maybe maybe some of our viewers can uh, correct me. I don't know. We'll, I'm have correct, to, we'll, but... we'll have to look at the film on that. <laughs> so anyway, you know, so Matt, you get into 1990. Then I mean, was there a feeling coming in after '89 and that? Was there a feeling coming into uh, the season that? this was going to be different or, you know, you know, what was the outlook of the team as you behind the scenes, as you came into the 90 season? Uh, it was, it was a big chip on our, the whole team had a chip on their shoulder because we were picked to come last, you know, picked, picked by a lot of uh, the press that we were coming last in the big 10. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we knew we were good. We knew we were a lot better than we, we showed on, you know, on the stats and, and uh, so, yeah, coming into that season, and, you know, we played Miami, uh, down in Miami at the Orange Bowl, and we showed up against them. And they were, like, the number one defense. And, you know, they, they might have been – they were up there. It was, it was uh, Erickson, it was quarterback, and Erickson, the coach. And, um, and they were solid, and, and uh, their defense was tops in the nation. And, and, you know, we ended up being right in the game. I mean, we had a drop punt, and uh, – I threw a pick and, uh, you know, we lost the game, but we hung in there and that, that kind of gave us confidence. Like, wow, you know, I guess we are good enough to hang in there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sure enough, we beat Michigan, Michigan state, you know, Illinois all on the road. that, that year. Jerry, do you remember that, that game specifically? You had to buy it on pay-per-view. I remember. Yep, I do. Yeah, I went yeah. over and mooch. I went over to my cousin's house and mooched off him because I didn't want to spend for it myself. But my mom yeah. got my mom got pissed off at my dad. She's like, <laughs> "You don't watch enough football as it is. You got to pay for it and order a pay per view." And he's like, "That's the only way you can watch it." Like what? Iowa doesn't play this team very much, and I'm like, "Miami, yeah, yeah." yeah. Oh, yeah. You had it to buy like- it on pay per view. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. 90 degrees at night. I mean, it was just. I cramped. I I got a, uh, a thigh bruise in that game, and the treatment for the thigh bruise is to basically after you're done, is the chicken wing you. So they basically tape your, you know, your ankle to your butt. Basically, you know, they they uh, tape it right around your whole area there, so it keeps uh, it it contracted. And uh, 
And then I got a, we were on the plane. I was chicken wing, they call it. So I'm all taped up with my leg. And like I had to be on crutches. And then I got a cramp in the back of my leg, in my hamstring, Ooh. the other side, and had to zip, cut it off and stretch my leg and then retape it again. Like I got another cramp. This is, you know, the three hour flight back to Iowa City. Yeah. How crazy is that on that Miami game also to think about? I think there might have been a freshman on the other sideline named Dwayne Johnson. You know, yeah, I think yeah, that, yeah. Now the exactly. Rock. Yeah, he The Rock. He was on that team. Yeah, and then were you uh, – was it a little bit of a strange feeling? Were you? Did you ever look across the field and think – where they recruited you, as you said earlier? Did you ever look across the field and think that I could have been on that sideline and not this one? Or? Yeah, no. I, I Like, once I was at Iowa, it was – I was all in. I mean, yeah. You know, and even the Miami, like I was scheduled to go visit them, but on the same weekend, the guy, I was like, uh, he, he called me and he's like, uh, you know, you, you're ready to come down. I was like, yeah, you know, uh, is there anything that, you know, I need or, you know, it's like, yeah, we go fishing and no, but there's 30 other quarterbacks down here on the same weekend, 30 quarterbacks the same weekend I was going. So I didn't even go. I just said, yeah. I'm not going. Yeah. Matt, you know, we need to ask in. So for those of you that are listening on the podcast that can't see it, uh, Matt's got a pretty cool collection of guitars on the wall behind him. And so you've referenced a little bit about being a musician. Tell us about, uh, you know, what all what instruments you play. Are you in a band? How often do you play? Tell us about your musical life a little bit. It's just a hobby. I like the, the collecting the guitars is, is kind of the cool thing for me. But no, I, I've, I was in a little group and you know a little band in high school and messed around with some guys and and i've just kept with the guitar the whole time and, and then along the way I've, I've learned piano you know just and with youtube you can pretty much learn anything nowadays i mean i learned how to change yeah. the brakes on my car and you know i mean like you know range rover wanted to charge 1700 for me to get my brakes changed i'm like what i you know i, I, I <laughs> youtube did it was like 80 dollars total i mean you know, I was like, Jeez. <laughs> Took me an hour on the first tire, but the other three were like 15 minutes, you know? So, yeah, but yeah I, uh, I played piano. I mean, all my kids, my son actually went to Iowa and, uh, and played in the, in the band. Oh, cool. He was, he was a trumpet player in the band. So he had the whole high Iowa experience, just like uh, my father and I did. So, yeah. so, so real quick, who's, uh, who is your, who do you think is the greatest guitarist? that ever lived in who's, who's your idol when you think about a guitarist matt clapton yeah, clapton. Clapton. yeah. eddie van halen was i was I saw, gonna say eddie i saw van halen <laughs> in college uh in high school like three or four times but yeah oh yeah eric clapton just the blues I, i'm a big blues fan you know, I love yeah it. yeah but yeah i'm a hack i mean for the first time so i just like two weeks or three weeks ago i went up to boston for kind of a reunion get together with my buddies from high school, we went up to this house up in New Hampshire, and uh, one of the guys that I played in the band with, he's like, "Hey, you gonna, you know, you gonna bring your guitar?" I'm like, "Sure, yeah, I'll bring one." And for the first time, I played in front of someone. You know, it yeah. was just my friends. It was a bunch of guys, and some, you know, the girls we used to hang out with as well. They were all friends, and uh, yeah, I was like singing and playing, and it was like I felt like I was a real, you know, it was, it was cool. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm not good. If All I would have right, so, known, I would have like said, "Hey, can you play something for us on the podcast?" But you, exactly I, I didn't. I did not prepare you. you. I shouldn't have told you. Matt's got all these cool guitars in the background, and then you say, can you play something for us? And he breaks out like a Mary has a little lamb or something. Hey, I'll take <laughs> it. Everyone knows smoke on the water. Mm. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All so right. you, you, with your with your uh, with your connections, let's say you've had to have had a really cool. Who's who's one of the coolest guitarists you've ever met? Uh, met. I, there's so the, so the Dirty Heads are these guys that I met through a friend down here in Florida that owns a hotel, and they would come there all the time. And he's like, "Hey, come on over. These guys play golf." So I went over and played, played you know, around with them and ended up becoming really good friends with the guys. So okay. I've gone all over, um, you know, following them and uh, just backstage and everything. And it's, it's the coolest thing ever. I mean, just being in that, it, I, I think there's a lot of athletes that would love to be musicians and musicians want to be athletes. It's, it's very synonymous. Oh, sure. for all right, Matt, oh. it's, it's 1989. 
I'm rolling in, rolling into the door room here. You got a pack of your cassette tapes. What are your top five cassette tapes in like 1989 in college? Like in your prime, what are you listening to? Top five? Uh, yeah, I mean, right up there. You two, I was a huge U2 fan. Okay. I'm a big U2 fan. Bruce Springsteen. The Bulls. Um, yeah, love the Bruce. Uh, and I was, uh, I was into, uh, yeah, I mean, like Journey, you know, back then. I mean, now I, I love Journey. You know, after yeah. after grunge, I mean, I'm just an alternative guy now. I mean, I love that stuff. Sure, but back then, yeah, I mean, um, REM. I was a big REM fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pull so, back drug parties. That's where we get all the attention. Paul <laughs> was the master. He had he had, a, he had a whole wall in his room that that had quotes from Coach Fry from everyone. But any quote that he thought was great, he'd throw it up. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the 19, kind of finishing off on the 1990 team then, Matt, you know, you guys finish, uh, let's see here, it was, uh, what, six and two in conference, eight and four overall, but you get the bid to the Rose Bowl. It was a four-way tie. You know, what? what's the feeling like? What was the Rose Bowl preparation like? And how much of an emphasis did Coach Fry put on that? Because you were rematching with Washington, who had uh, bested him back in 81 or 82 when they went there. So, you know, kind of lead us into what that whole Rose Bowl experience was like. It was pretty cool. We actually had to go out there early because the bubble, we had a snowstorm, and our bubble uh, fell, fell down. Uh -huh. So we had to go out. So we had two weeks out there rather than a regular week. And um, – it was amazing. Uh, you know, we, the, 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 uh, I can't remember his name, but the guy, the, the guy from coach, the show coach. Craig Hayden. Nelson. Yeah. Hayden yeah, Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, came, he came to practice and gave us a, like a, a fake. Really? Speech. Yeah. It was That's awesome. cool. He coached Fry and we went to the, uh, the Playboy mansion, which was pretty cool. Met Hugh Hafner. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Was he, was he wearing the smoking jacket when you met him? Oh yeah, yeah. He was still going. <laughs> he had the whole thing going. He had the ascot. He was really a character. That is so cool. See, a lot of people don't know that the show Coach was like modeled right. after the University of Iowa. Like when they show scenes of the campus, it's Iowa. Exactly. Like Hayden Fry, yeah. Hayden Fox. Like it was a exactly. lot of parallels. Right, right. Yeah, he came out to uh, to talk. That was that was really cool. But um, that was that season. Uh, we it was strange, you know. After we lost to Minnesota, my last year, uh, last the last game, one of the interviewers was like, uh, you know, do you feel like you backed your way into the Rose Bowl? And I was like, backed our way? What are you talking about? We beat Michigan, Michigan State, Illinois, all top ten teams on the road. Like, no, we didn't back in. We 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 got there. I mean, we're there. We're going. Yeah. You know? When I walked out of the interview, I was so mad at the question. You know? Yeah. Well. You know, they put so much emphasis on that last – they did it this year, too, that last game of the season. And the fact of the matter is, is whether that game was played that final week or was the third week of the season, you know, that whole backed into it is just on the perception of that final weekend, you know. And so it's right. like, it, it's really misleading. It really is. It is. It is. I mean, you know, it's amazing. Just like my senior year to win 10 games. I mean, like this year, they won 10 games. You know, they might have been ugly and they, they – yeah. 10 games that's that's not an easy thing to do in college football so um you know hats off to the hawks i mean our d our special teams i mean the offensive line i mean you know it's just uh it was they, they just had a tough time on offense you know and they still got the wins so yeah that's, that's what matters in the end i mean that we it was ugly but we got it done so yeah. So to that point, you know, that's what's always crazy to me is, you know, at eight and four, you get into the Rose Bowl, then your 90 season and then 91, as you said, 10, one and one and that 91 team. And I suppose it's because not to be I'm not trying to be a negative, but you didn't win the conference championship. Michigan went undefeated in conference that year. But 10-1-1, and one, it's like I think that team kind of gets forgotten as a fan, to be honest with you. Just And maybe it's just because it doesn't have the aesthetic a feel of like, you know, a big 10 yeah. champion or whatever it may be. But I mean, that's probably, that's one of the best records in, in program history right there. Yeah. You it's know, a, and it, what was that experience like that season? It was, it was an amazing experience that that was, that was a bunch of guys that had been through those previous two years. Like that, that's, that's, 
that's what it yields. And, you know, you get a, a bunch of confident guys that are very, very close. I mean, every one of these guys I still, like, keep in touch with. I mean, it's, it's amazing how close that group was. And um, our offensive line and our running game was ridiculous. You know, I mean, it was, you know, af- after Nick Bell and Tony Stewart left, Mike Saunders came back in from playing receiver and went back to running back. And, and our O-line was, was incredible. I mean, you know, Mike Devlin, uh, you know, Scott Davis, Mike Froney, uh, Teddy Velliser, you know, all these guys were, they're just, uh, you know, really solid offensive line. And, and we, we, we worked, you know, it was, it was a run offense. I mean, that's, you know, run to play action. I mean, I was, I did, you know, an option every once in a while, but, it, it was just, you know, yeah. off guard. I mean, it was, it was a run the ball, you know, hopefully 50% of the time or more. And uh, that's, that's the philosophy and it worked. Matt really wanted, I want to get your take on, because back in, back in your playing days to get a national champion, I mean, it got, it just was voted on. It was kind of a, like I always said, I think college football is the greatest sport of all time, but it was a crapshoot. Like there was never clearly like who was really the national champion. It'd be split some years. Um, and it was, it was, it was chaotic. And now with the college football playoff being at four teams, uh, first time a group of five teams ever been in it. What are your thoughts on the current setup in the current state? Do you feel like it should expand? Do you feel like it's really good where it is? And and how do you feel like the Hawks would have done in a four team college playoff back when you played? Yeah, well, I definitely think they're. I like the, the playoffs, and I think they should add more. I mean, it's just hard to do with football because you need a week. You know, that's, yeah. that's it's so what they're doing now it works. You know, I mean it. It's it's still voted on to get in that that you know the you know, the top the top teams. You know, but uh, back when I was playing, I mean we were ten and one and we went to the Holiday Bowl. You know. Yeah because it was a bowl alliance. I mean, we were locked in to go to the Holiday Bowl. That, I mean, nothing against the Holiday Bowl, but you know, it would have been nice to go to the Orange Bowl or the, you know, the Cotton Bowl or, you know, one of the, the, the January 1 games, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was it was, uh, it was was tough, you know, that the way it worked back then. But I like, yeah, I like the way they're doing it now. And I, and I, I think they, you know, what would be perfect would be to have enough time to actually have a full, like, you know, if you go to five, six bowl games, you, you know, you, you, you win the national championship. You know, if you, if you go, like, it's, it's a real tournament. Mm. You know, yeah. it's hard, to, it's very hard to do. But uh, there was a model like pitched uh it's starting to gain a little steam what um they're worried about what's going to happen with the bowl games and so they're this new um setup has been pitched recently where they were like why don't we do like like an early season kickoff and all the teams play their bowl game the first game of the year and it goes off of your record from the previous season and you come in you play your bowl game it's like your season kickoff and then after that you play your schedule and then you have the playoff at the end I thought that's that's interesting. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, every team's different from year to year. I mean, you yeah. bunch of, you know, so it's not those yeah. where you got most of the same guys coming back. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's it was just a way to keep the bowl games to keep them around, but be able to focus more on a playoff. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I'm like, I'd like to hear some more conversation <laughs> about that. So, Matt, on that 91 uh, Holiday Bowl that you mentioned then, you went in and you played a Ty Detmer BYU team, and you end up with a 13-13 to tie. As a, that's, very, that's a very unique outcome, I guess, in a bowl game situation. As a player, is there, does that leave you with any kind of a different feeling to, you know, you finish oh. the bowl game with the tie? And, Horrible. Like kissing yeah. your sister, right? And that's, that's <laughs> it. Was like, kidding me? Yeah, I mean, that – I was I was so jacked up for that game. I, I I basically threw my arm out like in warm-ups, you know. I was throwing yeah. it as hard as I could, as far as I could. And uh yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um Wayne Gretzky was was uh he flipped the, the coin toss. Really? That was that was pretty cool to, to meet nice. another the yeah. ever uh on the field right before. 
and then being with Ty Detmer, you know, I, I mean, we were together, you know, the whole week, you know, doing interviews and stuff and got to know him. And he's a Texas boy. I mean, he's, you know, he's Mormon, but down deep, he's, he's, you know, he's a Southern boy. And he ended up, uh, we ended up going and playing in the uh, Japan Bowl as well together in the, you know, the college all-star game. So, you know, we hung out a lot. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he was a great guy. But yeah, his last pass, I think, was picked off by Brian Wise. Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Adam, I, Adam, I don't know if you caught this or not. So, you know, grew up with Larry Bird and the Celtics, you know, probably met. I'm assuming you probably met all the Bulls when your dad coached with them in the 90s. And he got to meet he got to meet Wayne Gretzky at the coin flip at the Hall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this guy's like Matt's like a walking uh, you know athletic drunk. Hall of Fame man. <laughs> it, was, it was real. I mean, it really happened. You know, like yeah. it's a good color, right? I mean, you guys like to hear. Yeah, it, it's, my the, life. The, the humble the humble brags just flow with you, don't they, Matt? <laughs> yeah, no, it was you know. It's it's interesting. I play with golf with guys, and you know, yeah, just bring up some stories, and you know, next thing you know, they're asking all kinds of questions, and it's fun, you know. I mean, they they want to hear, you know. Yeah. Well, we're we're we only tease because we're jealous, Matt. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm jealous of you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Said nobody ever. (laughs) That's the way to do it. So. So one real quick on the 91, and then let's get into your post-playing career, Matt. But did you see Leroy Smith coming out like he did in 91 at defensive end? I mean, he just tore the league up. I mean, defensive player of the year, you know, kind of an out-of-nowhere type thing. You know, and I don't want to say nowhere, but I mean, just I don't think – I think it was kind of a surprise. Did you see that behind the scenes coming into that season that he was just going to go crazy that year? Well, everyone knew he was great. I mean, he was was recruited as a running back. I mean, he came in as, you know, in the running backs room. I mean, you know, it, it was not, uh, you, so that tells you a lot about the kind of feet he has. Mm-hmm. You know, he has quick feet and he's a fast runner. And then you put some weight on and next thing you know, all right, let's move him to defense. And, and it happens a lot, you know, guys change positions and, and uh, yeah, I mean, 19 sacks, I think it was, I mean, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's uh, all American, you know? He was a great guy, too. Matt, I wanted to um, get into and ask you a little bit about your transition and your experience with the Buffalo Bills. What what was that whole experience like getting drafted by Buffalo? And how difficult of a transition was that moving from the college game to the pro game? Yeah. um, So, first of all, I was the worst pick of the NFL draft in 1992. So, the, the last pick is Mr. Irrelevant, right? Yeah. You know, he, gets, he gets a car and he goes to Disney World and he's in the parade and everything. And his, I think it was Matt Elliott, like the center from Michigan or something. Uh-huh. And uh, and I was the second to last pick. <laughs> Worst pick in the NFL draft. So, you know, I, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was actually surprised when Marv Levy called me because after the first day, it's like, okay, you know, you want to go free agent. You want to pick the best place to be and um yeah there were teams that were calling me and telling me you know that 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 they wanted me they told me at the combine and um and none of them you know i mean even didn't get a sniff and and uh marv called me and and um i'm like buffalo oh my goodness you know they have so i went and looked at jim kelly frank reich you know i mean mm-hmm. coach of indianapolis now and gail gilbert who was also an eight-year veteran at the time so they had nine-year veteran and two two eight-year veterans, you know, and they draft me. Like, why? You know? And then I get there and and make the team. And they kept four quarterbacks. Who keeps four quarterbacks? And it was it was bizarre. Like I, you know, I thought the you know the preseason, I thought I was done. I mean, the, I, I went out there. They put me in in like the second quarter of one of the first preseason games. So I was surprised to even get in early. But I was with all the starters, Andre Reed, James Lofton, you know, Kent Hall, center. I mean, Mark, wow. you know, Thurman Thomas, you know, the, the, all the guys. And we went right down the field and scored. And then I never got into another game. So I thought I was going to get cut. You know, everyone's saying, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to get cut. Up. Well, I'm, I haven't even been in, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I made the team basically on taking the team down and, and scoring, you know, with, with the ones. So, um 
and it was a blast. I mean, it was a veteran team. Um, it, it was a lot of fun to be there. I mean, Jim Kelly is calling me to go out. Uh, you know, I'm trying to make the team. I'm like, Jim, you know, I was like one of the other, I was like a single guy, you know, a new single guy. All the guys are married and Jim Kelly's not, you know, not. So, you know, hey, the limo is going to be out in front of your apartment in 10 minutes. I'm like, no, I'm not going out. The word about Jim <laughs> Kelly is he could put down a few brewskis. Like he can have fun. He's a great guy. He's yeah. No, I, that's what I heard. He's super social. Like he likes to go out and have a good time. Very social guy. Um, so that's it. it was yeah, was he that type of guy? Us. He's one of us. You know, like he's if he'd be sitting right here. You know, unless you're, it, he's one of those guys where if you get outside the locker room, there's a you know there's a different person. You know, it's it's because he gets so hounded. You know, Buffalo. We yeah. had to go out with him, and and it was you know wasn't the same guy that it, you know I was hanging out with. You know, he'd, he'd have to act different. You know, and I, Yes, I don't know. Yeah. I've never been like that except for Iowa. <laughs> so was it a, did it put a little bit of a different spin on it for you when you watched him get to those four straight then in the nineties map after uh, after having that experience with him and uh, you know what was it a little bit different having watching him get to the big stage each time? Yeah, it, you know, it's you personally involved with somebody, you know, you, you get to know people and you you know, you love them, you want them to win and yeah, it was it was amazing. I still I I I got I've got a game ball up here. Still have my Buffalo helmet, by the way. Yeah. Want me to put it on? Yeah. I got my Hawk helmet, too. Let's yeah. do it. Put them let's on. Do the, let's do the Buffalo one. Let's see it. Hold on a second. All right. I kind of want to see them both. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's cool. There we go. Nice. There we go. Still, still fist. Let's go. <laughs> man, throw on the pads. Like get him out there, the man. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome. Still tight. Still tight. Still That's all right. It's all right. Yeah, so is my basketball movie from high school, Matt, so don't worry about it. <laughs> well. Oh, yeah. There we go. There that we go. Cool. Very nice. The old Rydell. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, still got it. Man, Very go. cool. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, that's awesome, Matt. Appreciate that, man. So, you know, I almost feel like we're glossing over things. We haven't even mentioned that you were Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year with Nick Bell in 90. I mean, it's like – Yeah, O-line. That's all O-line right there. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, yeah, I, I had to throw the balls, but it was like guys were wide open yeah. on play action. Now, I mean, I can't remember how many times I completed the same route. You know, it was uh, it was it was crazy. I mean, I we we ran the ball so well that it was it was, you know, and I had all day yeah. to throw. So it was. Yeah. It was uh, so the other thing about it is, is you know, I look at this. And you had two fullbacks I, that I'm going to name off here, and for different reasons. But number one, you had Lou Montgomery, who, in my uh, my own personal opinion, gets. I, I think he's an unheralded. He was, I think to me, he, if you had a Mount Rushmore of fullbacks at Iowa, Lou Montgomery deserves to be on that. that. He was a stud. He went after guys. I mean, I just, I was always a Lou Montgomery fan. But then secondly, you had a fullback named Matt Whitaker, who nope. went on to. He was tight end. Oh, he was tight end. Okay, excuse yeah. me. I, Paul I, I was me. the other fullback. Okay, but anyway, oh. so Matt Whit Matt Whitaker, did you see any clue of this political career no. moving forward? But he no. was always, I mean, he was always a really good student and he had a, he had a serious girlfriend all through college. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, he was focused. He, you know, if, if he knew what he, he was a poli sci major, he knew what he wanted to do. You know, that, that's awesome. And uh, great guy. He did, uh, he, I don't even know if I should even go into this, but I'm going to anyway. Do it. Um, my, uh, my senior year, my last game. So I hurt my knee against Ohio State and I was out a few games. And uh, my last game was against Minnesota and it was it was snow. It was like a foot of snow and they had to, you know, I don't know if you guys remember that game, but Dana and Hughes did the, did the uh, snow angel. Yeah. But during that game, like I was so dialed in, you know, like where, and I've talked to, to kids about it. I've talked to the, the Iowa, Kirk's had me come in. But you get you get so focused on what you're doing that everything slows down, you know. And they call it the zone or whatever it is, but it actually happened during that game. 
And I could, when I threw this ball to Matt Whitaker, it was like, I could see the, the stripes on the ball spinning and, and I, and I put it exactly where I wanted to put it. And it like bounced off of them. I don't know if the defensive guy might have got it. I don't know, but it was, it was like right where I wanted to put it. And then I got knocked on the ground and my face went right in the snow and I got all snowy on my face. So I, you know, <laughs> we came back to the huddle and I just ripped him, you know, I'm just like, catch the ball, you know, in a nice, you know, that's a nice way to say it. But, yeah. uh, you know, that was my senior year, his junior year, he was a year younger than me. So that's the, the my Matt Whitaker, one of my Matt Whitaker stories for you. I guess well, you know, so oh, go ahead, Matt. I get so pulled into these stories. I'm just like listening, and then it's like over. I'm like, oh yeah, we're doing an interview here. I need to probably ask another question. Like, there, there's such good stories. I'm so zoned in on it. Well, that you know, it was like coming into this our research team. It was like, what's the uh, Matt Rogers bingo game? Because I mean, he he beat us to the punch on Bo Pelini on uh, yeah on the stoops, you know, on, on all these things. So Matt Whitaker was all we really had left on that last one, Matt. Yeah. You've, uh, You've had an incredible life, man. You've, you've you've met some people and done some wonderful things. Yeah, very fortunate, you know. But it was it was weird. Even like in high school, growing up in Boston, it was just normal hanging out with Larry Bird. You know, when I moved, uh, my dad was with the Bulls. I, I was living in Chicago at the time. And I'm like, you know, working out with Pippen, and you know, like it was just like that was normal to me. You know, wow. that, so when people talk about it and they tell you about it, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I guess it's pretty cool, but you know. For me, it was just like, that's my life. Like, that's what you do. You know, you get up and my dad would go to the games and we would go with him. He was a workaholic. We'd get there four hours before, before sometimes the, the floor was even put in because they had a hockey game that, you know, that that day or, you know, I mean, get there so early. My brother and I would just rebound for the guys. And, you know, this was at Cleveland and, and Boston. And, um, yeah, it was just like, that's that's the life you live, you know, as they, and there's there's, you know, all the coaches and all their kids that, you know, that's the way it is. You know, you're, they're in the program, you know, you're part of the family. Matt's hanging out with like Larry Bird, Danny Ainge and Scotty Pippen. And I'm spending my spare time <laughs> hanging out with Jerry. <laughs> hey, hey, my, my, my two, my well, two, points high, <laughs> my two points, high school career, you know, scoring point total, total points, you know, that should, that should stand for something. Adam. It, 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 it does. Yeah. I'm proud of you, man. It stands, it stands our, for something. All right, Matt. So we got to ask. We're not going to say who you think would win. Bird in his prime, Jordan in his prime, one on one. Who's your money on? If you just the fact that you know him, we're not saying this would be the outcome. But if you said, okay, I got to put my money on one of these guys, who's your money on from your personal experience? I mean, personal experience watching these guys. I mean, it would, it, it would, you know, it would be tied up. I mean, you know, you have to win by two. It would probably last for weeks. That's, that's how good they both are. I mean, you know, and they're so competitive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just just with uh, with one-on-one basketball, you got to go with Jordan. You know I mean? Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. going to go right by. I mean, you know, Bird would follow him and, and you know, follow him and use all of uh, his, his tactics of getting under his skin and everything. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, that's the way yeah. Jordan was too, you know. That's so good. Those guys, so good. Larry, Larry Bird's still going to have the best trash talk stories. I can, I can watch hour after hour of guys telling Larry Bird trash talk stories. I mean, the, the guy, and he backed every one of them up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he he did. But he Matt, all his own teams up. He's his own team. Yeah. You know? yeah. Playing with a bunch of like you know women or whatever you would say. You know? it's like, <laughs> Oh. Uh, all right, Matt, we better let you get back to your family. It's the holidays. <laughs> it's Christmas. Everyone's excited. So we're not going to take up any more of your time, but thank you oh, so much. For taking, we appreciate uh, it, man. It was so much fun getting to getting to meet you and talk to you. And thank you for all the awesome memories you provided for us over the years as a Hawkeye. We look back on those and just, we do cherish them. They're, they're amazing. So, um, you know, thanks again. And thanks for helping us relive those memories. I really appreciate it, and and I'm just so proud to be a Hawkeye, and and I'm you know proud of everyone that uh, that's a Hawk, and so you know we're all on the same on the same team, you know. Heck yeah, we all share. Yeah. So, are you going to the Are you going to the bowl game, Matt? Uh, I'm not. I'm going to watch. Oh. I'm watching on TV. 
Okay, I say it's pretty close. How far away is it from you? It's close. It's close. Like three hours drive. Matt. I know. Come on. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be there. I'm coming from Nebraska. <laughs> I know, I know. But, but it's uh we've got a lot of family here and it would have been you know, it would have been impossible to get us all there. Yeah. Uh, all right. All I, was, right. I, I would have wait. to call on too many favors and I don't want to do that. The, the, the way this interview's gone with Matt, I was expecting him to say, "No, I'm going over to Jimmy Buffett's pad, and we're going to hang out." And watch the <laughs> yeah. Game <laughs> yeah. But anyway, know. Merry Christmas to you and your family, Matt. Thank we appreciate you, so you coming on, like Adam said. And Merry Christmas to all of our everybody that's followed us this year. We uh, we hope everybody has a healthy and healthy and happy holiday. Yep. Same here. Great. Uh, all right. All right, Matt. Send uh, send your family our best. Tell them thanks for letting us borrow you for an hour. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> and, and we always end with the Go Hawks. Go Hawks. All right. Go, go Hawks. Hawks. All right, guys. Thanks.